Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 9, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we will we are on page XXIII, the very first paragraph. Today's readers are Michelle K on the 12 Steps, Melanie C on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Anita J, Susie K, and Elaine B. The reference number for yesterday, October 8th, is um, 6940. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Now ask Michelle Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. This is Michelle Kay, compulsive overeater in northern New Jersey. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overreaders and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you. I will now ask Melanie C. to read the traditions. 
Hi, good morning, Kathy again. Hello, everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Texas. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group I'd never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Melanie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your share be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Um, today we uh, resume our study of the big book on page XXIII, the very first paragraph in the foreword to the fourth edition. I will now ask Anita J to read the first two paragraphs. Thank you, Kathy. This is Anita J from Massachusetts. Gratefully Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The Forward to the Fourth Edition. The fourth edition of Alcoholics Anonymous came off press in November 2001 at the start of a new millennium. 
Since the third edition was published in 1976, worldwide membership of AA has just about doubled to an estimated 2 million or more with nearly 100,800 groups meeting in approximately 150 countries around the world. Literature has played a major role in AA's growth, and a striking phenomenon of the past quarter century has been the explosion of translations of our basic literature into many languages and dialects. In country after country where the AA seed was planted, it has taken root slowly at first, then growing by leaps and bounds when literature has become available. Currently, Alcoholics Anonymous has been translated into 43 languages. 43 languages. All I know is it is speaking my language, and it took me years to realize I was speaking my language. We weren't just reading this text, waiting for OA to come up with its own literature. I, I am so grateful. I started with the third edition, and it got very worn out. I, don't, I wish I had it. I didn't think I needed it anymore and got rid of it. Now, oh, my God, I wish I had it. doesn't matter, though. I have this one. I wanted to mention um, about these groups. The, the groups they're talking about are, are the AA, and would Bill W. have realized that so many other people would realize this applies to me too. Always, emotions anonymous, debtors, every, everywhere realizes those 12 steps for living are for everybody. And I, I once bought a book, speaking of literature, called The 12 Steps for Anyone and lent it to someone, and I never saw it again, but it doesn't matter. I have the big book um, on my phone. I have it in my e-book. Um, it's just everywhere. I'm waiting for a satellite station to have a radio program of the big book. It's it's like I've been carrying this in my heart a long time, but it took uh, it took the daily reading to unlock it, and whatever it takes, it just shows that it's. Well, I heard this, and I'll end with it that that Bill W. and his twelve steps is America's contribution to spirituality, and you know what? I really believe that's true. And with that, I pass, and thank you, Kathy, for your service. Hi, my name is Charles. I eat too much. Can I share? Yeah, just one second, Charles. I just want to thank Anita J. And now, Charles, go ahead. Thank you very much, Kathy, for your continued service. And good morning, all you visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat too much, a recovered compulsive overeater. And wow, since the third tradition was published in 1976, worldwide membership of AA has just doubled to estimated 2 million or more. I want to drill down here on the second paragraph, first sentence. Literature has played a major role in AA's growth and a striking phenomenon of the past quarter century. Wow. You know, I'm so grateful for those trailblazers that started those first hundreds 
And as was shared earlier in the week, you know, they probably propped it up to make it 100, to make it look good, a nice round figure. But I don't care if it was one or two. Thank God for them. I thank my God for them because I can trail this place, this, this place now. And, you know, it's good. You know, they, like, I, like I tell I try to um, tell my sponsor, well, not tell, but suggest, please comb this big book prior to Bill's story. I mean, yes, it's 164 pages is the answer. But there's so much information in here that has changed my life. I know we talked about forward to the second um, tradition, I mean forward to the second edition, but I just want to say something about um, Dr. Bob when he said there was a willingness that he mustered that he has never done before. That has transformed my life. And now we're here in the fourth tradition, and they're talking about explosives of translations. There's no excuse. If you don't speak English, it's okay. It's in 43 different languages worldwide. Wow. Holy cow, a striking phenomenon. I wonder what's going to happen in the fifth edition. You know what? But I'm gonna keep coming one day at a time, um, and, and, and soak this in. I just want to check in with you guys, man, because I love all you guys, and I love all your wisdom. And I'm gonna go ahead and and listen. I love you. Talk to you guys tomorrow. God bless. I pass. Thank you, Charles. Who else would like to share on these paragraphs? Tracy, Fabio. Um. The last one I heard was Rabia. Who else did I hear? Penny. Okay, Penny and somebody else? Chris. I'm sorry, I can't get it. Kim. Okay, Kim and then Chris. Okay, thank you very much. So we have Penny, Kim, Chris, and Rabia. Go ahead, Penny. Good morning. Thanks, Kathy. This is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Uh, I was browsing through AA literature and history um, last evening, and I came across this press release that was put out by AA World Service in advance of the 2012 World Service Conference that was held in New York, and I'd just like to read one short paragraph which talks about the number of translations and the number of countries, etc. It says this is an official press release from AA World Service. Today, AA has a presence in over 170 countries with an estimated total of 114 thousand plus groups and more than two million members worldwide. Alcoholics Anonymous, now in its fourth edition, has sold over 30 million copies and has been translated into 67 languages. Said AA co-founder Bill W. in 1960, from the beginning, communication in AA has been no ordinary transmission of helpful ideas and attitudes. Because of our kinship and suffering and because our common means of deliverance are effective for ourselves only when constantly carried to others, our channels of contact have always been charged with the language of the heart. And I just thought that was not only informational, 
but such a beautiful way that Bill always has of expressing himself, talking about this means of communication, the printed word. And now, now Bill didn't cause couldn't foresee in 1960 that we have internet and telephone meetings where we can disperse the information in this in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And just the way he puts it, that our common means of deliverance, it must be sent to, you know, communicated to others if we can keep it. So this is telling us, this, this paragraph in, in the book from 2001, and now this press release, which in, in 13 years, it just keeps increasing and increasing. Um, thank God for this book, and, and uh, I don't see that it's ever going to be passe. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. And Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. I'm sorry, I thought I was third in line. Like wrap that book. Um, good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Literature has played a major role in AA's growth. In the country after country where the AA seed was planted, it has taken root slowly at first, then growing by leaps and bounds when literature has become available. So, I mean, it's really telling us how the power of the literature, the power of this book, and and like Anita had mentioned, I came into OA in 94, and that was the third edition. And I remember when that fourth edition came out, because I've always loved the big book. In fact, the home group that I discovered the big book in 15 years ago is still my home group. And then my main concern when that fourth edition came out was, where is the acceptance prayer? Where is freedom from bondage? Because all I looked at and all my meeting looked at was the stories. We loved the stories. The stories is what really made us light up. Now, none of us got recovered. We, did, we would read the stories, and we wouldn't ever look at the beginning of the book and get the directions. So just to look back at the history, we talked about how AA started in Akron, Ohio, where Bob was from, in New York, where Bill was from. And the first group to grow out of the actual big book in Cleveland, Ohio, which is the first group that actually had the big book in hand and was using it, their recovery rate was about 90%. 90% when they were using the literature and not just people passing on their stories. Now, in the 70s and 80s, when the rehabs got really popular and people would go to these rehabs and they'd come back and what they tried to do is they tried to recreate that group therapy experience in their meetings. And that was the birth of what AA had as the open discussion meeting. Who has a problem? Who has a topic? My cat died. Let's, let's share about that. My boss ticked me off. Let's share about that. And that would be the topic of the meeting. That's when recoveries plummeted in AA. The further we get away from the literature and the clear-cut directions, the worse the recoveries are. And I don't believe that's a coincidence. I believe that's a direct link. That's my personal opinion. And for me, I know I often heard in, in meetings, all I have is my story. All I have is my story. And my story can be powerful if I have recovered. Someone said yesterday, when we share, share experience, strength, and hope, hope is not relapse. I often use that idea of sharing my story as sharing relapse only in the room. 
But let me tell you today, today I don't just have my story. Today I have the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I got out of my story only and got into the directions in the first 164 pages, I recovered. And when I started carrying the message of the big book of Overeaters Anonymous instead of just my story, other people got to recover. Because the power of AA is in this first 164 stories. Hopefully the stories in the back, which is why they changed the additions, will help someone identify in and feel the need to go back to the beginning of the book. So once again, the growing by leaps and bounds was when literature became available. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Chris, please go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. I this is just amazing, um, you know the the growth of this program, and you know from 1939, and then the second edition 1955, and then 76, and now 2001. I my big book original I got in 1980, so I had the third edition, and that was my bible. And when the fourth edition came out, I similarly wait a minute, I don't want a fourth edition. This is my big book. And again, we were pointed to page 449, the doctor alcoholic addict, because they had that acceptance piece in there that was very helpful to me, not particularly the whole story, but that acceptance is the answer to my, some of my problems. But what, what happened for me is that they, we, we focused more on the step book. You know, the big book was the story, the step book was the steps, and I'm thrilled that we're going now meetings are turning to the big book answers. Thankfully, I was able to, I'm sorry, I'm a recovering food addict. I'm also in other fellowships. But to me, what I find amazing about this is that this is a group of alcoholics, you know, the, the dregs of the dregs, and they're building this program in leaps and bounds from 1 million to 2 million. And, and it's, you know, the, the, the medical community must look at us and say, what is this? Because they couldn't help us. And the rehabs are, do not have a good success rate. But when two addicts get together and go through this big book and follow what the big book says, that's where the recovery is. And, you know, I am saddened by the fact that recovery rates have gone way down. And um, I also understand that people that go to, you know, noontime discussion meetings every day are not getting the program. And they're not having to do the work. And that's what I think is missing today is that this is work. This is a, a program of change, changing the way I live. And that's the way what Bill and Bob are, are describing here. And it's just a phenomenal program that it has survived this long. And thankfully, going back to these instructions, I believe we're going to have um, that it's thriving more because I've seen more of these big book meetings popping up everywhere, thankfully. And the people are serious. This is a serious, serious illness. It's not wishy-washy. It's going to kill me. And I think some of that's lost. And um, so I'm very grateful that, that I have the answer here. And, and I think spreading it, luckily with telephone meetings now, it's able to reach more people. But, you know, this is, this is a gift, a, a beautiful gift. 
and should be treasured and protected. And by getting my nose in this book and listening to you all and doing this work, which I'm in the process of doing um, my big book awakening, which is going through all these steps with the sponsor, I'm, I'm so thrilled to see this. So thank you so much for allowing me to share and be on this great meeting. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. And, Rabia, you'll be our last share on these paragraphs. Go ahead, please. Good morning, everyone. My name is Rabia. I am a recovered compulsive reader from New York, and I'm just thrilling with joy and gratitude to be back on this meeting live after two weeks in, in Santa Barbara. And um, let me just get some words back because... Um, because I have a lot to say and three minutes to say it in. So first of all, thank you all. Uh, thank you for all of your texts um, telling me that you missed me on the line. And thank you for everyone I spoke to who did 10 steps with me the whole time I was at in, in Santa Barbara. And thank you for all your prayers because my sister had a surgery and she's cancer-free. And God bless us all. Um, so literature has played a major role in AA's growth. This divinely intervened literature where the message is consistent and precise and we will find God in this big book. And so unfortunately, literature has played a major role in OA's decline. And as you know, I've been in OA for three and a half decades, and so um, I'm still experiencing OA's decline. And I just had an experience in California, and shout out to Amy, God bless you, a visionary lives in Santa Barbara. We went to two OA meetings together, and we wound up having our own Vision for You meeting together because nobody else was interested. <laughs> However, I went to a literature OA meeting, and we read OA literature, and we, we read for today, and, and the format of the meeting was everybody read a day from a random day for today, you know, for the first 15 minutes of the meeting, and it was all I, 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 I. It was all behavior modification. It was all psychobabble. And Amy got to witness me needing to make yet another amends to an OA meeting for the way I presented my recovery, you know, my flash indignation, my impatience, my intolerance, my horror at sitting through another meeting where nobody talks about God or the 12 steps. And, and I did make my amends. And, um, and, and, and here is the truth. There were 20 meetings at that meeting, and not a single person was eating compulsively. And they all had desire to not eat compulsively. And the second tradition, God is our ultimate authority. However, my, my maximum services now that I always, when I go to a face-to-face 12-step meeting, no matter what the topic, I always talk about this design for living and how I am living in the temple of the 12 steps and the transformation it's making in my life. And I pray before every meeting, God, please help me say this in a gentle way, 
that people can hear it. And I will tell you that people do not throng around, around me at the end of the meeting because they're so interested in how I got transformed. Nobody ever comes up to me to talk to me after the meeting. They all congregate with the people who are having problems because they want to talk about their problems and their issues. And God bless us all. That's really okay. I, I am devoted to carrying this message and living this message. And I have all of you every morning to give me the strength to do that. And tonight I go to Maya Vision for You face-to-face meeting, which I haven't been able to go to in three weeks. And, oh, God bless us. Thank you so much for letting me share. Okay. Thank you, Rabia. Okay, we're now going to move on to the next paragraph. Susie Kay, would you read that paragraph for us, please? Thank you. Susie Kay from Maine, Recovered Compulsible Reader. As the message of recovery has reached larger numbers of people, it has also touched the lives of a vastly greater variety of suffering alcoholics. When the phrase, we are people who normally would not mix, page 17 of this book, was written in 1939, it referred to a fellowship composed largely of men and a few women with quite similar social, ethnic, and economic backgrounds. Like so much of AA's basic text, Those words have proved to be far more visionary than the founding members could ever have imagined. The stories added to this edition represent a membership whose characteristics of age, gender, race, and culture have widened and have deepened to encompass virtually everyone the first 100 members could have hoped to reach. Um, So... This forward to the fourth edition just speaks, you know, more to how how this program really took fire and how this volume really um, captured the attention of people who wanted recovery um, and how it came to include. Um, people they hadn't even considered um, in the early days of AA. Um, it is really amazing um, how widespread uh, the, um, that this, the use of this book has, has become and how at the time of this printing in 2001, now 13 years ago, um, you know, uh, as they look back since the printing of the third edition, how this, the um, sheer growth of this has became. And um, I've just done some traveling and um, and reached out to people in uh, other parts of OA or from from thousands of miles away from where I live and was able to connect with other members of OA and um, talk to other people who listen to this meeting and um, and who attend meetings. And um, it is with a grateful heart that, um, you know, I was able to find these people local to where I was traveling, so very, very far from home. Um, and so... Uh, and I'm particularly grateful for the big book and the fact that it was a, available to me to help me in my recovery from food addiction. Um, 
and um, I'm very grateful for the program of recovery that's contained in this book and I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Susie Kay. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Larry. Janice. Okay, I heard Janice and, and Larry. And Vasa. And Vasa. Anybody else? Okay, go ahead, Janice. Well, thank you, Kathy Kay and everyone. Good morning. I am Janice M. from Massachusetts, a grateful, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater. Okay, this is so powerful because if the written word wasn't written in the literature, we wouldn't have the message. See, that's what's so powerful in this book is the message of recovery. And I'm going to go into the what is the message. Um, this is why... Um, leaps and bounds when the literature was written because the message of recovery was written and preserved. And that's how people got, alcoholics got recovered and how I got recovered and how families were reunited and how my family is reunited. I mean, even today, you know, it still works. But what is the message? You know, there's all kinds of messages in the room. You know, this is the food plan, do these tools, but that didn't work for me. I can just give you my experience, strength and hope. Now, I want to say again that my story starts with a beginning and an end. And therefore, um, there has to be a change. And this is what the message has given me. It's not my message. It's not Joe Smo down the, down the road's message. It's there's only one message. And what is that message that I got? Well, having had, had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message. Again, what is the message? It is that I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind, which produced, now see, we can't tell our story if we haven't changed, if we're still, you know, sharing relapse. Uh, it produced a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. That's the message there's only one message, and that's what brought my uh, recovered. And um, there's all kinds of messages, but this is the only one, and it is written. Thank you, God. They weren't, they weren't selfish, were they? They, they were selfless so that you and I um, can have this message to um, get better, and it never, never changes in the first 164 pages. That's the message. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. Um, Larry, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Larry, recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Chicago. So I'll, I'll, I'll zero in on the same same part. That very first line is the message of recovery has reached larger numbers of people. It's also touched the lives of vastly greater a greater variety of suffering alcoholics, and that's true. It wouldn't, you know, if the message was just you know, the message I had to share before. And, I, and believe me, I would expound on that message, was uh, my abstinence, you know, because I could put together maybe five, seven, 30 days, 60 days uh, abstinence. I would carry that message. And uh, that would certainly, that message would certainly resonate with some people, you know, other people like me that were still holding their breath underwater and struggling, really struggling with the food and struggling with life. You know, with more discussion, the message I was carrying is about the unmanageability of my life in that struggle. See, I carry a different message today 
because as Janice said, you know, Janice said, uh, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, and that was that was always lost on me, because that wasn't real. You know, that wasn't real to me. I hadn't experienced it yet. We don't know what we don't know, and I hadn't experienced it yet. Now I did see it in a few others. You know, uh, I could see something different about them. There was something unique, something, uh, they had something. They had not just an abstinence, like me at that point, but they had a peace and serenity that was unmistakable. You know, you could see it. And on the line, you could hear it, can't you? You can hear it. Because what, the question always um, lingered for me, you know, and it still does to this, to this day, is, you know, what are we doing, you know, for the next 23 hours? other than the four or five hours of sleep we might get, you know, or maybe more. Um, you know, how are we living our lives? See, I don't struggle in the food. I do know what neutrality around the food feels like today. Now, I could, if you don't know what that feels like, <clears throat> I could talk until I'm blue in the face on what it feels like, and it may give you a little sense of hope, but until you have your own spiritual awakening as the result of working through these steps, it will just be conceptual to you. Once you know, no one will have to tell you what that feels like. So what I would urge people to do is just go out and have your own spiritual awakening as the result of these steps as precisely laid out in the big book. Simple, but not easy. But guess what? A price had to be paid. I had to be willing to pay a price, and you couldn't make me willing. I had to generate that willingness. And if I wasn't willing, I had to pray and asked for my higher power to give me that willingness. And then it came. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oops. Thanks, Larry. Uh, uh, Vasa, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. I'm Vasa, and I'm compulsive overeater, recovering compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And thank you, Kathy, for your Thank you for everybody being there. And I'm so grateful that Bill and Bob wrote this book for me for me in a way that I could understand that I did come from another country, and my English was really broken, and I was not a very educated person and um and somehow somehow, I could understand the more I read, the more I kept alone and forth back and forth and i reading the book and i I, I could understand that I could connect with my own compulsive overeating, and my father was the alcoholic, so I had more compassion for him because there I, you know, a lot of anger towards the alcoholic. And then he tried, he tried by himself. He couldn't many times, or he didn't. When I gave him the big book, he said he was not one of them. So that's fine. At least I did my service for God. But anyways. Um, I could not wait to read this book. It gave me so much hope. And I was the sick and the sufferer, uh, compulsive overeater. Um, but I am recovered today. It's by the grace of God because I have followed the, the instructions. And the message, the direction is right here. And it's just follow. It's not easy. It's com very complicating. But I had the desire, I had the willingness, and I was ready for it. And I guess when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. 
and uh, I started with the big book. And it's amazing to see the transformations over the years in myself that I have seen the growth, the healing, and to see in other people. And again, you know, the big book became for me, it was like a Bible, and it is still still a Bible. My first one is falling apart, but I did get the, another one, the new one, with the fourth uh, the fourth edition, and I had that. I started with the third edition, 1986, and this program is a gift from God, and uh, I just—it's amazing. I wouldn't even be here today. And I remember I had a visitor from Sweden. He was my cousin. He was compulsive overeater. He was really struggling with the food addiction. So I went and I made copies, you know, of meetings you know, that he can call here in, in the United States. And then I went back to the old country where when I was like maybe a couple years uh, abstinent and I brought the program, you know, the tools and everything else, the 12 steps, but I was there only for two weeks. I could not do anything with it. But I can't I imagine. I, I'm sure it's over there and it's spreading. It's everywhere. Uh, it's everywhere around and I'm just so grateful to be here and to share my experience with you. And again, my message was to surrender to a power greater than myself with my life, with the food, my addiction, with my addiction, with the food and my life and my will. And God will help me in all those areas if I just did this, practice the principles, practice the steps, and then just help another sufferer give it away, and that is my service today. And thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. I'm going to ask Elaine B. to read the last paragraph in the foreword. Elaine? Thank you, Kathy. This is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts, and it, it is a great privilege to be here with you all and to read the final paragraph before we jump into the doctor's opinion. I was thinking how excited I am about the privilege to read this um, book with all of you. While our literature has preserved the integrity of the AA message, sweeping changes in society as a whole are reflected in new customs and practices within the fellowship. Taking advantage of technological advances, for example, AA members with computers can participate in meetings online sharing with fellow alcoholics across the country or around the world. In any meeting, anywhere, AA share experience, strength, and hope with each other in order to stay sober and help other alcoholics. Modem to modem or face to face, AA speaks the language of the heart in all its power and simplicity. And um, I, I, I love, you know, talking about modem to modem. <laughs> That's kind of, passe already, isn't it? And um, But the thing that isn't passe is the power of this message where more and more everybody who is willing to work these steps, the way they're laid out in this book that doesn't change, no matter how many changes in society and family and our work and our lives and technology, no matter how many changes we face, marital status, children, marriage, whatever it is, the thing that doesn't change is the power and the effectiveness of this book. If we pick up this book, even if we're just one, 
And we, we follow the explicit instructions laid out from page 1 to 164. We can go from lives of havoc. I'm standing in the middle of a uh, very, very busy season for me, and I've reflected back over the last two years um, at this season. Two years ago, I was in the food. I was insane. I was nuts. I had so many problems with my marriage, with my work, with my relationships, with everything. One year ago, I was um, actively working the steps and, and just moving into step nine and moving into a life beyond my wildest dreams. And um, now I'm amazed at the peace and serenity I'm able to feel um, even when I'm facing calamity because of these steps. And as my sponsor has said to me so many times, you know, if you keep eating, if you keep your food clean and you work these steps every day, you never have to go back to that insanity again. And I'm so grateful for the technology today. Not only can we have online meetings, but the Vision for You website stores over two years of meetings. Carlin's meeting on, on Sunday, I've already listened to it twice. I want to refer everybody I know to that meeting. It's such a great foundation about more about alcoholism. And, of course, there's meetings on every single page of these first 164 pages online that are tools to help people discover recovery, um, that are tools to help carry the message, that are tools to help people through the steps. And um, I, I just cannot express my gratitude for this meeting for for the God of my understanding and uh, for the the pages that were penned in this amazing book. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is Nicole. Could I share? Sure. Go ahead, Nicole. Hi, my name's Nicole. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Colorado, and um, I really just appreciate this program that it has preserved the integrity of the AA message and also um, just that they have, you know, taken advantage of, of technology. Um, I, I live in a one-stoplight town and don't have any meetings in, you know, online and the phone has um, just been my my only way to communicate with other, other members and be on meetings. And um, I have just found um, so much uh, connection, I should say, and um, I, don't, I don't feel alone or isolated even though I am in, you know, just by where I live, um, but uh, it's, it's just really um, been a blessing for me that, that this phone meeting is in existence and that, um, and that, you know, that AA is online and um, that I can go to those, you know, at any time, and that I can call other other members, and I do just get so much um, experience and strength and hope from this. And um, I just want to thank everyone for sharing today. Also, it just gives me such a good reminder that um, this this book is is where the answer is. And um, you know, it's so it's so simple, not not easy, but but simple, and it's all contained in this book. And um, and I just appreciate all the people who have who have worked hard to preserve um, the integrity of this. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Katie up. 
KDF, did I hear someone else? You heard Suji. Suji. Okay, great. Go ahead, KDF. Good morning. I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I'm just, you know, so excited that we're going to be starting over with the doctor's opinion tomorrow. And, you know, what strikes me is that this message that we have to carry, it's not, you know, a magic food plan and, uh, you know, a bunch of tools that, you know, if I, I tell someone that, yes, those are the things I do, I do have a food plan, I do weigh and measure, I do commit my food on a daily basis, but someone doing all those things, all they're going to do is lose weight. That doesn't mean that they're going to be recovered because the difference for me today is that, yes, I'm in a thin body. I have been for, you know, over 25 years, but I have a living problem, and I still have that living problem. I still am not arrived to the point where I don't need a spiritual experience on a daily basis to turn, um, you know, these these uh, bumps in the road that in my sick mind can seem unsurmountable. And if I didn't have this uh, recovery program that uh, teaches me to share my, my experiences with others and to, you know, ask people who are a little bit ahead of me in raising children or, you know, a little bit more experienced at dealing with, you know, difficult jobs and uh, just whatever comes up in life, you know, because that's the, that's the difference for me today uh, with what this program is compared to a diet. I mean, there's diets everywhere. There's ways to lose weight at any, any time, anywhere, but it's, it's the living. It's the living past uh, where, you know, the pink cloud and the excitement and the new clothes and the uh, you know, oohs and ahs of, you know, losing the weight. It's, it's the living that I didn't know how to do. And this, uh, you know, this is a way out so that I don't ever, ever have to go back to that way that was, you know, my foundation. My foundation for life was to escape was this to uh, think that it was hopeless and to give up. And this program has allowed me to move beyond that. And even when I have an insane thought like I did two days ago of, oh, this is just too hard, you know, God has given me the ability to remember, to remember all of the things that I've gone through. And I'm just so grateful for this process and that I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Um, Sue G, please go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? I can, thank you. Uh, Sue, we lost you now. Are you there? There, I'm now unmuted. The man in the computer is tormenting me, but I won't kill him. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's Sue G, a recovered lunatic in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, and um, I have to say, I, I I can piggyback on the last speaker. I, I live in a community with thousands and thousands of spotlights where my husband is roaring down the Roosevelt Boulevard doing a house call. They take a picture of him in an intersection and send him a $100 ticket. Well, I don't know which is better and which is worse, but uh, anyway, um, well, 
we're um, we're writing our book on the family lymphoma experience, the experience of the the probable diagnosis and the biopsy that's scheduled on Monday morning. So say your prayers for us. Thanks very much, all my fellow visionaries, and uh, and we're okay with this. And and a lot of it, it it's so tied in with what we just read and the computer. Well, this recovered maniac um, decided to take a little course on uh, centering prayer, and I found immediately on the book of on the list of literature a book by a guy from AA and the guy and the um, another person that was important in this this prayer experience, and and I'm doing this with someone I sponsor. We're both taking this this online course, and I had a most divine experience with it yesterday in which my my angry Jew self that was mad about saying the Lord's Prayer and something connected to OA um, went and and uh, listened to the opening video in this, this prayerful thing I'm doing to work my 11th step better. That's how I'm connected with that. I need my 11th step in my family crisis. And, and so I was mad about this Lord's Prayer thing. And then I got even madder because the online website, not AA-related, but it started telling about traditions other than mine, and I went, I'm left out again. I'm madder than anything. And then I did the exercise I was told to do, and it was a wonderful 11th-step meditation prayer exercise, and I did it for 20 minutes, and I ended it with these soft chimes that I found on my cell phone, on my iPhone yet, I found soft chimes because it said at the end of your of your prayer, um, have something that times you for 20 minutes and gives you a quiet ending. So I found this thing called crystals, which is like tapping gently on a piece of crystal, on a piece of glass. And that's how I ended the meditation. And, and I'm feeling peace. And the other piece of it is my partner. So we go... And we and we talk with the therapist we're seeing now to keep our communication good. And she said to him, he's, so here he is, pre-biopsy. And are, are we scared? You bet we're scared. But we have something to deal with this corrosive thread of fear. And it is, among other things, each other recovered because we're both low-bottom codependents and high-bottom addicts. That's us, the lovely couple. And there we were, and my husband was asked about his fear and how does he think of this fear in his life. And he said, I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of disability. I'm afraid I won't be able to go to work. I'll have chemo. It'll make me sick. I won't like it. And she says, yeah, and is and what else? And he says, and, and how are you looking at this? And she says to me, be quiet with your suitcase of stories, Sue. Be quiet. And I'm quiet because I'm there to bear witness and listen. He's the patient. I'm not. I'm his wife. And he says that his disability, whatever it may be, if it is, is a learning opportunity for him. He might learn something different. And I'm going, oh, my God, 
I'm sitting here with the guru. <laughs> and and then I said, you know what that reminds me of? My friend, my, my friend who was a psychiatric resident with me who said when I first went to therapy when I was in my 20s, he said something that never occurred to me and it gave me great hope. He said, you're going to learn something in this. You'll learn all about yourself. It'll be wonderful. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Sue G. Okay, it's now time for us to close the meeting. Thank you, everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Mel, could you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.